What a great prayer to sing. May, may the Lord Jesus be our life and our everything. Morning again, church family. We are uh, in a series of messages, as you may or may not know. We are studying through the Gospel of Mark, one of the books in the Bible that teaches us about the life and ministry of Jesus, and we are calling the series, as we teach through this book, we've been calling that series, The God-Man, because Jesus, as we will be reminded yet again in today's passage, is truly God and truly human at the same time in that amazing and mysterious way. So that's where our series is. And I uh, titled our message for today, I gave today's message the title, Stay Awake. And you'll see as we get into the passage in your Bible that it's a really appropriate title for today's passage. But then it occurred to me, maybe I should make that the title every week. (laughs) Stay Awake. We'll see. We'll see what God's Word has for us in regard to that. But um, as we are teaching through the book of Mark, uh, last week we came to a passage about the widow who comes to the temple treasury with her offering. And in comparison to some of the others that had gone before her, her offering by amount is, is measly. But her offering by, by being all in, by offering all that she had, was quite significant in the eyes of God. And uh, I mentioned that passage because anybody uh, resonate with this? There are times when we read through our Bible that we come to a passage that maybe is a little tougher to hear or that we weren't really ready for that message yet. Or I may come to some in the Bible that are, I'm not sure I want to teach that day. But one beauty of doing what we do at Faith Evangelical Free Church, the great majority of the time, we are going to be teaching through a book of the Bible. And the beauty of that is we deal with topics when God says we should deal with a topic. Does that make sense? So when we get to it in God's word, we'll deal with it, we'll deal with it together. And so last week, we get to this passage that calls for us to talk about the significance of offering our whole lives to Jesus, being all in for him. And a part of that, is giving of our finances. Uh, the, the really cool thing about getting to teach through that passage last week is that we as a church family are in a, a really generous uh, blessing of a place because God has taken great care of us. Your, your giving in 2017 exceeded our budget and our spending. And so God is taking gracious care of us financially through your generosity. And so this time around, when I got to a topic like that, it was easy to preach to a family that gets it and is, uh, is, is generous. But the point is, is that uh, we don't shy away with, from difficult topics around here. We're going we're gonna to do our best to, when God raises the topic, when he brings us to something in the scripture, we're going to tackle it. So today's passage brings up the very simple, the very easy to understand topic of the end times. <laughs> Notice my tongue firmly inserted in cheek. The very easy to understand topic of the end times. And we don't shy away from tough topics here at Faith Evangelical Free Church, so I'm going to shy away from this one. (laughs) No, uh, no, not really. But, But because we have other better things to do later in our worship gathering, I get to thank Pastor Ted for for shortening my sermon today so I I can deal with this in a more simple fashion, (laughs) in a more brief fashion. And and I'm I'm kidding that, that we would avoid the topic. 
But what I think you'll see in, in a shorter sermon than usual is I hope you'll see my heart about this topic, the important aspects to keep in mind about this topic. When we, when we could go off on a, on a tangent, when we could spend too much time on details that really don't matter in the long run, when we come to a topic like the end times, I hope you'll see today my heart and what I feel like we need to keep as most important in our hearts and minds. So we're in Mark chapter 13. If you have a Bible, hope you do each Sunday. I invite you to bring it, open it, keep your finger in it. This is where we hear from God. So we're in Mark chapter 13, and we're going to start, I'll start reading in a few minutes at verse 32, but let me just overview the chapter a bit for you first. Uh, Mark 13 contains probably the most difficult passage in the gospel of Mark. Uh, people much smarter than me that, that have studied this for a lot longer than me uh, find this to be a difficult passage to understand and to teach because of the many, uh, the prophetic language speaking of the future, uh, because of all the allusions and metaphors that we find in this chapter that, that relate us to, they allude to the Old Testament passages, they allude to the future, uh, they allude to other literature, ancient literature, uh, and, and, and another thing that complicates this chapter, if you were to take the time to study it in detail, is that there are really kind of multiple fulfillments. There are multiple ways that things in this chapter are fulfilled, and then even when, they, when you see how it's fulfilled, it, even then it's looking forward to an eventual full-blown fulfillment. Do you see that? You see what I'm saying? So there's, there's layers, and there's uh, various things that complicate this passage. Um, so I love that Pastor Kent Hughes said this about this passage. Study of this passage requires humility and a willingness to admit we do not know everything. Anybody else want to join me in admitting this morning that I do not know everything? And one of my mentor, my, my mentor pastor would often say, every sermon is reviewable in heaven. So, uh, <laughs> So we approach it with humility and grace, and we do the best to understand, and we, we ask God what he wants for us this morning, uh, but we don't pretend to know everything. Chapter 13 foretells the future destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which then ends up happening in AD 70. The temple itself is destroyed. And so when Jesus starts foretelling in this passage the destruction of the temple, the disciples, his followers, ask him, okay, well, When's that going to happen? And how do we know when that's about to happen? What signs are there going to be that that's about to happen? So in verses 5 through 23, we have these local and world events that describe the timing. And then in verses 24 to 27, we have these cosmic events and the return of Jesus is, is, given, is, is described to us. His second coming, he foretells his second coming there in 24 to 27. And the disciples, they hear that the temple is going to be destroyed, and they think the destruction of the temple indicates, well, then that means the end times are here. That means that, the, that God's kingdom will be fully starting. But Jesus corrects their thinking and, and, and teaches them that, that the destruction of the temple is a fulfillment of his prophecy, but that the destruction of the temple is really just a type, a foreshadowing of, of what will occur in the future, when Jesus comes again. So, throughout this chapter, if you're even just skimming through it, or if you read through it later, I would encourage you to do so. 
throughout this chapter, there are, are signs and symbolism and, and details and timing that we could evaluate in detail and, and is a worthwhile exercise. And there are, there are books and resources and excellent things to help us uh, get an idea of what's going on here. We could do those things in detail, but one thing I think that happens when we dig in in detail, uh, which sincerely we do not have time for this morning, not just Derek trying to around the topic. Um, I think, though, that one thing that happens when we, when we dig into those details or we get too obsessed with those details is it's possible to lose the forest for the trees. And really, in this passage, the forest in Jesus' discussion here in chapter 13, the forest is, the big picture is, Jesus wants his followers to be ready. He wants them to know he's coming back, and he wants them to be ready when he does. At the end of the day, when we get, when we get past some of the things that are confusing and hard to understand, and we want to figure out the timing, and we want to evaluate all this detail, at the end of the day, it's about preparing his followers to Uh, be prepared for his return, to be prepared to suffer while he's away, and and to prepare them to be able to trust him in every circumstances. Is that help that you and I need this morning? So let's read Mark 13. I'll read a few verses uh, to the end of the chapter, starting at verse 32. But concerning that day or that hour, in other words, the return of Christ, but concerning that day or hour, No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man, here's a little parable right in the middle of our verses, is is a two or three verse parable. It is like a man who goes away on a journey and when he leaves his home, he puts his servants in charge and each of his servants has their responsibilities, their work to do. And he commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. So therefore then, Jesus is exhorting us. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Everybody still awake? (laughs) Derek, you're so funny. Okay. Sorry. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Okay, verse 32. But concerning that day or hour, no one knows. Concerning the time, the place, the when that Jesus will return, uh, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. This This is incredible, isn't it? It says, not even the Son, referring to Jesus. What's that all about? Um, and it's really, it's really something interesting to wrestle with, and I'm not sure that we'll, we'll come to a real clear decision here, because there's a lot of mystery here. But how is it that even Jesus doesn't know the time of his return? Isn't Jesus God? Isn't the name of our series of messages Jesus the God-man? Don't I say almost every Sunday when I get up here that he's fully God? Well, wouldn't God know the return of the Son? It's very interesting. He says, not even the Son, but only the Father. And, 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 and yes, it's a little mysterious, and yes, it, it's a little hard to comprehend, but I think it's just another indicator in our study of the book of Mark 
that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Um, he was fully human. There are, there are things, uh, there are scriptures that teach us, the Bible teaches us that there are things that Jesus learned. And we kind of think, really? What's that all about? Well, he was fully human. If, if we, if, it's not just this, uh, you know, sometimes I think, well, he was, we think he was 50-50. He was a little bit human, he was a little bit God. And then we, we, we math people really struggle with 100% God, 100% man. How's that work? That's not supposed to be possible. Athletes always get done with their game and say, I gave 110%. No, you didn't. So how is God fully God? And how is Jesus fully God and fully man? That's, I think it's the whole point. We don't get it. I could use the mind-blown emoji for the second week in a row, right? But, but I didn't. I didn't put it on the screen. The Bible teaches also that Jesus is God and that he had infinite knowledge. So, so this is one of, we have Bible statements that teach of his humanity and him learning things. We have Bible statements that teach us of his divine nature, that he is God and that, and that he has infinite knowledge. But what we, what we have to be clear on, what smart people for thousands of years since Jesus have been clear on, is that we have one person, one, one person God, one subsistence. When it, Jesus is one and the same. He's not, he's not torn between a human part and a God part. He's not 50-50. He's one person and one subsistence, and he has two natures. I don't get it, but he has dual natures. He is both fully human so he doesn't know the time of the Father's return, and he's fully God at the same time, and he probably does know the time of the Son's return. Both his natures fully preserved. Both his natures fully true. A mystery. A mystery of God. Verse 33. Be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. And then we have, that was really clear. You do not know when the time will come. Then we have a parable, verse 34 and 36. And in this parable, help me out with this. In this parable, the sudden return of the master of the house would correlate to the sudden return of, of Jesus. Okay, so he's got this parable in here. He's saying very clearly in verse 33 that you do not know the time. And then he gives this parable that has to do with his return and his point in the parable, is for the servants, for the, for, the, for the master's servants to be ready for his return. They don't know when, but they're supposed to do their job. They're supposed to be on guard. They're supposed to be vigilant. The point of the parable is that we are, are to carry out our God-given responsibilities to be perpetually ready for the master to return. Verse 37, And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Stay awake. So wrapping up this long chapter, wrapping up this long explanation of the end times, wrapping up this incredibly intricate passage, Jesus gives the reason why he's telling them all this. He ends with, so that you'll be on guard. He uses on guard several times, verse 5, verse 9, verse 23, this idea of be on guard, stay awake, be ready. So far so good? Okay. I want to mention right here, because here's where my heart for this topic comes through. Here's, here's where my heart about how we handle topics like this 
comes through. Uh, if you don't know, Faith Evangelical Free Church, our church family, is part of a greater tribe of churches all over the country and world called the Evangelical Free Church of America. And our doctrinal statement, the, the things that we believe to be true based on the Bible, is, is uh, our, that, that statement of faith for our local church is the same as uh, the Evangelical Free Church of America's statement of faith. We're going to get to that in a moment. And there's something else I really appreciate as in my years involved in the Evangelical Free Church of America is, uh, and this is not unique to just our tribe of churches, but is this phrase or this, uh, and you may have heard something along these lines before, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, charity, or we could say love, and in all things, Jesus Christ. I love that this is the heart of, of the tribe of churches of which we call ourselves a part. Because I want this to be my heart as a follower of Jesus. I want this to be your heart and our heart. And what, and what, what I mean, if I unpack this just a little bit, in the essentials, or I'm going I'm to use this example, what are, what are biblical and theological truths that we hold with a closed hand? Those are essentials. Meaning, these are things that I hold with a closed hand. This is things that all Christians everywhere believe, or you're not a Christian. Essentials. Things like salvation comes by God's grace through faith alone. That's an essential. That God is creator of all things. That's an essential. We hold that in a closed hand. If, if you don't believe those statements, and I could come up with many others, then, then you're not a Christian. So we're going to choose that in these essentials, in these closed-handed items, we're going to have unity. We're going to come to an agreement about what the Bible teaches about those things. So far, so good? In non-essentials, charity. What's a non-essential then? Those are things that the Bible, our, Bible teaches that we have theological um, uh, opinions about God that we take, that we hold with an open hand. And the reason we should hold them with an open hand is that because good, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Christians over, over 2,000 years have come to different conclusions about these topics. Does that make sense? You, you could be sitting next to someone else who loves Jesus with their whole heart, believes that the Bible teaches is, his God, is God's word, and then you could study a certain topic of theology and you could come to a different conclusion. And though, we feel there are many that are non-essentials, that are open-handed items. And so we're going to agree on those. We're going to have charity. We're going to love one another. We're going to agree to disagree, so to speak. We can still be in the same church family. We can still, uh, we can, we can uh, yeah, we, 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 you're still a Christian. <laughs> you, you, and these are things like, uh, okay, so close-handed in terms of our topic today, end times and the return of Jesus. Close-handed. Jesus is coming back. Okay? Open-handed. Is he coming back before a tribulation? After a tribulation? Am I going to understand these signs and symbols of when he's coming? Open hand. With me? In essentials, we're going to have unity. In non-essentials, we're going to have charity. And in all things, Faith Evangelical Free Church is going to be all about Jesus Christ. We're going to major on the majors. I want people to know and follow Jesus. My life has been transformed by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. He is making me new. I'm still a mess, but he's making me new. 
I do what I do, and I want our church family to gather because we want people to find transforming grace and new life in Jesus. I want to I I fight together for unity on that essential, not get distracted by these non-essentials. Now, in regard to the end times then, much that we can't know, there's much that we can't understand perfectly. You know, what do these signs mean? And what, can we predict the timing? No. And so there's much that we can't understand. And so I just, I just suggest, I don't think it's helpful then to be black and white about non-essentials. Does it make sense? To have a black and white opinion as if that's the, the, if that's the end all be all, I, I don't think it's helpful for us as followers of Jesus to have black and white opinions about non-essentials. What we do know, though, is that Jesus will return, and he will reign, and he will set things right. And so the command to us is clear then. We need to stay awake. We need to be ready. So let's see what that looks like in our statement of faith. Our statement of faith then includes this phrase, that the coming of Christ will be at a time known only to who? God. And because... The coming of Christ will be at a time known only to God. That demands for, from us constant expectancy. Does that sound familiar from our passage today? Be ready. Stay awake. Be prepared. Go about your business. Obey the master. Carry out your responsibilities. Do what the master left you to do. Be diligent. Be watchful. Be vigilant. Be ready. Stay awake. Be prepared. So that when Jesus comes, we will have been living lives that honor him. The coming of Christ is at a time known only to God, and it demands constant expectancy. And so then I urge us, instead of speculating or worrying or arguing about specific timing and signs that the end, the times are coming, I, I want to stick to what Jesus sticks to in this passage in terms of his, his end goal, his final statement, is to urge us to be ready to stay awake. Now, just to be clear, let, let me, there's a lot of us in the room that love getting the thick book off the shelf and reading about some intense theology and, and reading old dead guys that were smart and old watching sermons of cool young guys on YouTube that are smart. And we come to these ideas about the future and these end times and some of these open-handed essentials by all means, go ahead. Please don't hear me discouraging being smart. <laughs> if this is of interest to you, study, learn, form an opinion, seek out wise Christian counsel, look for good resources, open your Bible and read it cover to cover and see what it says on these topics that you're interested in. That's great. I want you to be a smart Christian, a knowledgeable Christian, uh, I want you to, to dig in and learn what God has to teach you about these non-essential areas. I just want to remind us to hold those opinions loosely and treat others with grace and love. And I would just hate to see us turn non-essentials into essentials. So among Christians, among, with other Christians, let's strive for love and unity for the sake of the gospel. 
doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It doesn't mean we're all robots that do exactly the same thing and say all the same stuff and believe all. I'm just, let's find unity and love for one another amidst differences of opinion. Then, out in, the, in our lives, among non-Christians, let's focus on essentials. I think living our lives for Jesus out with people that are far from Christ, our coworkers, our neighbors, our, our fellow students, as we live among them, I think it would be great if we focused on essential, essentials, not like, like Jesus is Lord and rescuer, like Jesus forgives sin and makes you right with God. What if we focused on that instead of focusing on their sin or non-essentials that we think are important? What if we ask Jesus to help us lead someone to find saving faith in Jesus? You hear that? What if we ask God to work in our lives to help us lead others in our lives to find saving, saving grace, salvation in Jesus? And what if we left their learning about the non-essentials and their sin patterns up to God's work? So how do we stay awake then? What does it look like to be on guard, to be prepared? I think Jesus here is saying, while I'm gone, before I return, get to work on what God called you to. Faith Evangelical Free Church, I want us to get to work on what God has rescued us for, what he's called us to. I want us to get to work on serving him for his glory. A couple of weeks ago, we served, I mean, we studied the passage that has the great commandment. Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? And he gave two. He said, the first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor, which is everybody you know, including your enemies and people different than you, to love others like yourself. I want to major on majors. I want to love people in, and I want God to help us love people into his kingdom. And so Jesus says, stay awake, love God, love others. Let's look at the statement of faith again. Here's how the statement of faith, one more slide, please, sorry. The end of the statement of faith continues this way. We already read this part. The coming of Christ at a time known only to God demands constant expectancy and as our blessed hope, it motivates the believer, it motivates us to godly living, sacrificial service, and energetic mission. Let's pray. Father God, help us to love you. God, teach us and, and mold us and shape us and move our hearts such that we would learn to love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, may our lives demonstrate love for, all, love for you in all that we do. And God, help us to love others. God, help me and help others here in our church family to love those that you bring into our lives, to love people in our spheres of influence. God, would your love so overflow from our lives that it would reach others who need you so much. And God, as, as part of our loving others, help us to obey the great commission. Help us obey the responsibility you've given us while you're away. While Jesus is away, God, you gave us orders to share the good news with our lives and our words God, you have sent the Holy Spirit to fill us and empower us. We're not on our own. We're not trying to share the good news of Jesus on our own strength or, or with no help. God, you, the great God on high, fill us. 
As we trust our lives to you, we are filled with, with the Spirit and empowered to serve and love others. So God, may the good news of Jesus come to people in Dallas who need it, in Oregon, in our country, and into the far corners of the world because of your work through each of us and through Faith Evangelical Free Church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Still awake? Hey, let's stay awake by living for and serving Jesus in all we do. Amen.